Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Giants Extra Point is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans. Bigelow Tea, grab a mug and tea proudly. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. Hackensack Meridian Health, keep getting better. And brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Giants. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point as... We are breaking down a preseason victory for the Giants to open things up here with a 23-21 win over the Patriots in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Graham Gano with a walk-off 24-yard field goal to hand the Giants the W. Plenty to take away from this game, more so from an individual perspective than a team perspective. A little bit later on, we'll hear from head coach Brian Dable, get his thoughts on his Giants head coaching debut, and we'll also hear some locker room reaction as well. Jeff, it started off with Daniel Jones and company. They were in for two series. They were able to put together an impressive first drive. They got all the way down the field. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay were not able to hook up, so they had to settle for a field goal. But other than that, you like to see them get out to that fast start and establish their presence and the communication was there mm-hmm. and the ability to mm-hmm. mix in the run as well as the pass. Well, I, I like mixing in the run. I think that, you know, just because of where Brian Dable came from and, you know, you got Josh Allen and that offense, that's a prolific offense they have up there throwing the football around. And, of course, Josh Allen was the running guy. But listen, let me tell you, they didn't have a Saquon Barkley up there. So this team is going to run the football. They're going to try to run the football as much as they can. They did that tonight for 177 net yards rushing. They averaged five-point yards a carry on 33 carries. So you'll take that in a regular season for sure. But, you know, a couple things that happened. That offensive line got beat up a little bit. Coming into the game, they were beat up a little bit because of what happened in practices. So, you know, this is one thing that's, that's bad about the the preseason games is you, you know, you try to stay as healthy as you can, but it's inevitable that something's always going to happen in a game and it normally does, but uh, hopefully those guys can come back and, and get healthy soon. But overall offensively, Tyrod Taylor shows you he's a good quarterback and come in when he does. And then Davis Webb uh, comes in there and plays the whole second half, leads his team down, drives down to the end of the game, kick a field goal to win, and that's what you want to do. You want to have as a coaching staff, you want to have those moments either right before this half and again, at the end of the game, to drive down and make a... They have those in practice every day. Speaking of Tyrod Taylor, Richie James made the most of his snaps with Tyrod well, Taylor, sure right? Deflected yeah. catch, and then all of a sudden the touchdown grab. And listen, those none of that stuff goes unnoticed. and Because, you know, the tip ball, and that's a drill these guys do in practice. Uh, so 
they say you, you practice how you play. These things carry over from practice into the games. If you do things the right way in practice, sometimes they'll come out on the good end like he did catching the ball like that. Now, you brought up the offensive line injuries. Shane Lemieux, he was in for the first series. He left with a toe injury. He was seen in a boot on the sideline. <laughs> then Jamil Douglas, mm-hmm. a backup offensive lineman who they brought in from Buffalo this offseason, he left with an ankle issue. And then Cordell Flott, the rookie corner, he left with a groin injury. So the bulk of the injuries, as I just mentioned, on the offensive line. And, Jeff, this is a position that's already been decimated by injuries during camp. Matt Gono mm-hmm. had to leave the team with a neck injury. He's right. no longer in the mix. And Marcus McKeithen, one of their draft picks, is out for the season with a torn ACL. Yeah, and really, when you look at coming into training camp and even coming into this game, the depth at the offensive line was, you know, it's it was starting to dwindle. Marcus McKeithen, like you said, and Matt Gano, those guys are out for the season. Um, so that puts a blow to your depth because those guys were not starters. They were definitely going to be something you could see on the on the uh, the depth side of the offensive line. And then again, Cordell Flott, one of your draft picks, gets and again the cornerback position was a little bit thin too because really when you talk about those first three or four guys behind them, not a lot of depth. And also a young and unproven group for the most part. Not that's, a lot of experience That's there. more what I'm talking about as far as depth. They're there, but they, they don't have a lot of experience. So there's really, to me, that's that's a tough situation. You'd like to have some guys in there like your high draft picks because you have confidence that those guys can come and play right away. So that is tonight's game breakdown. It is brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit buyfordnow.com. Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll continue to highlight some of the notable players from tonight's 23-21 win for the Giants over the Patriots. And we'll also be hearing from the head coach, Brian Dable. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you here as we are recapping the Giants' 23-21 win over the Patriots at Foxborough, Massachusetts, Gillette Stadium, as the Giants came out victorious in their first preseason game of 2022. Let's run you through the statistics for tonight's game, brought to you by Pepsi. Giants watching is better with Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. Tyrod Taylor, 13 of 21 for 129 yards with a touchdown pass to Richie James. Daniel Jones played the first two series, 6 of 10 for 69 yards. And then Davis Webb came in. 8 of 16 for 51 yards. He did help orchestrate the game-winning drive that set up Graham Gano's 24-yard field goal. They ran the ball 33 times for 177 yards. It was Antonio Williams, another former Buffalo Bill, who led the way with nine carries for 61 yards and the touchdown. Gary Brightwell, draft pick from last year, seven carries for 40 yards. And Saquon Barkley was out there for the first series. He ran the ball four times for 13 yards in the receiving core. Colin Johnson, seven catches for 82 yards. Richie James, I mentioned, he had the touchdown grab amongst his three grabs for 44 yards. And Jayshon Corbin, undrafted rookie out of Florida State, five catches for 28 yards. So those were some of the offensive notable performances. And then you had on the defensive side of the ball, Darren Evans, Austin Calitro, and Micah McFadden, the rookie, leading the way with four tackles. The Giants did have one sack on the day as well. We were talking about the offensive series to start the game. In terms of the defensive side of the ball, some of the normal regular starters did not play today, and we expected that. But this was a big test, as you were alluding to right before we stepped aside, Jeff, for the secondary. Flott got hurt, but it was Aaron Robinson who was tested early in this game. He picked up two penalties on a scoring drive for the Patriots and He's going to be asked to assume the role left behind by James Bradbury this offseason. 
Well, you know, listen, I, I think that the more you can get experience and play these games and in practice and things like that, but to your point is that he's going to have to get better, uh, more importantly, by the penalties, because you know that those are big penalties in games. Um, anytime you have a... Uh, defensive pass interference. It's it's not a it's not it's a spot foul. So you're going to get all those yards. So that's a that's a big thing. So you got to learn to play within the game. The taunting one certainly you can control that because that's an emotional one. Uh, some of the other ones, it's those those are tough position to play. It's their judgment things, and you're gonna you just got to be careful out there. But yeah, as far as and then we talked a little bit about the depth position. So a lot of a lot of things. As if, if you're a coaching staff, you get to go back tomorrow and uh, start looking at some of the things that these guys did in the game to try to help yourself in that depth and see which guys can move up and are going to move down. He also had a holding penalty in the end zone. It was declined because of the touchdown, so Mm -hmm. he really had a a mix of everything. And with respect to the secondary, it's important to know, Jeff, you look at Wink Martindale's defense. He asks his guys to go out on an island and defend, especially when you're aggressive and you're blitzing, which means you're not leaving a lot of safety valves back on the defensive side of the ball in terms of the secondary. And, you know, and again, you, you can only go as far as your personnel. And I think if you look at what Wink Martindale ran into last year when he was with the Ravens, that team was very beat up. And they were one of the teams that gave up the most big plays in the league. And so, you know, you have to rely on that. But again, you got to have good personnel. So a lot of times as a coach, that might be your strength is what you try to do. However, your strength, if you don't have enough strength on your personnel, you may not be able to play that type of a defense that you want to all the time. And that's why this is important because it's the feel-it-out process to Mm -hmm. determine, to your point, who can emerge out of the secondary. But also from Wink's perspective, what I ran in Baltimore, what I've already implemented, can we actually let that free flow in the early stages of the season or do I need to rein it back a little bit based on the experience or the lack thereof in the secondary? Yeah, and I think that once you get Azizo Jalari healthy and get in that lineup and him and uh, Thibodeau rushing the passer, that might help a little bit of things. But, sure. you know, I think that this is a feeling out process. It will start to be uh, kind of get to an idea of what you want to do once the season starts. But remember, the preseason, you don't get a full cast of your guys. They're not playing every single down in the preseason. So it is try to it is kind of hard to get a, you know, a sense of what your defense is going to be like in the preseason. We will get more into the ins and outs of the player performances throughout the course of Pepsi Giants extra point, but in the meantime, Brian Dable is addressing the media. Let's listen in. Yes, yeah, so Lance, we're here in the uh, interview room underneath Gillette Stadium. Brian Dable will be walking into the room here momentarily as we await his first ever press conference as the Giants head coach. He was uh, en route down the hallway, and apparently there's been a detour because I saw his head pop through the door, and then it disappeared again. So we will keep an eye out for uh, the head coach here. You know, it's a very exciting day for him. You know, We had a chance to talk to him this morning, and he talked about how exciting this was for him being his first ever time being an NFL head coach. And you know, he's done press conferences throughout uh, the offseason, training camp, but this will be his first time addressing the media after the game in a post-game press conference. But, you know, he spoke to us this morning about how, you know, the most important thing in these game situations is evaluation in the preseason, but also um, he wants to win. He's a big competitor, so it was important for him to get the win. Now would you join him at the podium right now? This light is terrible. How's everybody doing? Um, so uh, it's uh, competitive. The guys play competitive. Um, I thought the organization on the sideline was good. We didn't have any wasted timeouts on substitution errors or getting calls in late. Um, you know, lost a timeout there on a on a challenge. So that was my first one, and I lost that one. Um, but some good, some bad. 
big week for us this week coming up, but uh, I liked how they competed. I liked how physical they played. Um, certainly there's a lot of areas to clean up, and, and that's what we'll try to do after we watch the tape. As far as injuries, the only two that I got is Lemieux right now and Jamil. And then I'll get updated here uh, on the train ride home. Um, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet with Ronnie and those guys on the way back. Um, hope not. Brian, what do you think of how Daniel in the first team had to be the two series? Uh, yeah, there was some some good and you know some things we could we could have back. What was he six of ten? You know we threw a couple vertical plays there. Um, had a couple free runners relative to the protection. Uh, but I thought he operated the offense well. He, he let him down on the first drive. We stalled there in the red zone, and um, you know, good first start. But certainly things to clean up. Running back up to that second series, like what made you decide to, to give him that rather than just you know going after the one? One, I was going to play him the first quarter. That was the plan. So that kind of stayed true to plan. And then we play with Tyrod the second quarter, and then then Davis the last two. So. In terms of the playtime, most of it stuck true to what we talked about before the game. Um, there was things we had to adjust here or there based on a guy coming out, but uh, you know, I thought the coaches did a really good job. They were organized with that, and um, you know, just keep on grinding away. Aaron Robinson had a pretty eventful night. He made some good plays. Yeah. And then even on the one where he made the good play, he had the taunting yeah. penalty. What did you make of the kind of uneven night that he had for a young guy? Well, I thought he competed well. I mean, that's you're, you're playing corner when you're playing a lot of man to man in the in the preseason to get a good evaluation. And uh, I thought he competed. You know, we will learn from from that penalty that we had down there. Um, but I thought he competed. Do you expect teams to attack him a little bit more than maybe a door on the other side? I don't know. I mean, every team has their own philosophy offensively. I don't want to speak for the other teams. I think we got to be ready to, to defend all areas of the field on defense, um, on the perimeter, inside, in the running game. I mean, that's why we play defense. So, um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to speak for any other teams. You, uh, you mentioned that you thought the operation was good. Yeah. How about your operation as far as, yeah. you know, just Going, where you going, what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I lost the challenge. I was upset about that. Um, that was my first one. So I just thought the, the coaches did a good job and they're respective. I think Wink had his staff really organized. Kafka did a really good job. I think he communicated well throughout the game. Again, we're not making a ton of adjustments here. And, um, you know, I was, I was pleased with that. Again, pleased with the substitutions. I mean, it's our first step. You know, I'm pleased with the way they competed, but <clears throat> you know, we'll go back, we'll watch the tape, we'll we'll learn from it, and we'll try to get better. We talk a lot about Mike calling the plays. Was it strange for you to not call the plays after so many years of playing? Yeah, yeah. I tell you, when it was strange was before the game. You know, you're and the night before, you're going through so many things in your head and, and thinking about situations. Whether it's the preseason, regular season, the playoff game, whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's a it's a tough job to call plays, and you got to really put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. And Mike's done a good job with it. Again, it's his his first game. Um, certainly, there's no game planning going on, but again, the operation of, of calling it, um, getting it in quick to the quarterbacks, giving little reminders. I thought he did a good job. Was he upstairs? He was. So that was a change from what you're going to do. Um, no, okay. no. I mean, I thought about it. I, I thought the best spot. Um, 
you know, I call the plays upstairs. We'll see what we do this week against Cincinnati. Um, I'll talk about talk about it with Mike before I get it to you guys, but um, it was a good operation. How do you think of your depth at uh, offensive line and corner, especially with some guys going down? Yeah, I always think you can use as much depth as you can get, but um, those guys that, that came in relatively new too up front really did a good job. I thought Bobby had them, you know, prepared just learning calls and communicating with one another. Um, and then the same thing, you can you know you can never have too many corners, as once old, old coach said. So. Um, you know, but the guys that competed and were out there, you know, playing, I thought they did uh, they did a good job. It looked like uh, Bredesen had a pretty good night. Yeah. Overall, um, you know, he's a guy you see you watch in practice, and yeah. it doesn't always look like it, it's you know going well. But then the lights go on tonight. It looked like he really performed well over what you were asking. Yeah, I think he's had a good camp. He's been flexible for us and inside and snapping and also playing guard. He's smart, tough, dependable. Um, you know, again, I have to go back and, and watch all the tape, but boy, is he competitive on the sideline too. Um, tells you what he sees. Good communicator. Uh, he's a good. He's a good player for us. Was the locker room Was Andrew on just a slightly lower pitch count than the other guys? Or? Yeah, Andrew was going to get one series. Yeah, so Andrew got one series, and Bark, Quan uh, on offense got the one series, um, and they were out. He did not. No, everybody that was injured um, or working, rehabbing, whatever it may be, uh, that weren't able to play, they were going to stay home and rehab with the trainers and try to get those guys up to speed the best we can so we can be ready to go um, in our next game. Do you expect him on the field this week? I hope so. Yeah, I think he's working hard. Um, again, everything we do, we, we talk about and, and try to do what's best for the players. So. Um, we'll see. You know, they've had a couple days here, uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow, um, kind of recover, and we'll see where we're at. Did he tweak something new in that practice? We saw him limping. Was that more? Is this more than just the recovery? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, with all due respect, I'm just not going to get into the specifics of it, um, really, with anybody. But he, he's working back. We'll, we'll see where he's at when we get back. Leonard is an injury thing, not like a personal reason. Yeah, same deal. All those guys, all those guys we left back were were for reasons that we thought, you know. Rehabbing, being in the training room would serve them better uh, than being here. And if they were here, they would they would have played. Nate, the team got a charge out of uh, Sandro getting in and factoring in there. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we we were down there toward the end of the game, and we we there were some guys that hadn't played yet, so wanted to make sure that that everybody came on the trip had an opportunity to play. Um, and that's not the easiest situation either when they're trying to rip at the ball and you, you're not loose and you're warmed up. Um, you know, he's such a good young man. Uh, I was happy for him. I think his teammates were too. What about uh, Roy? He's obviously in the same Yeah, he did the same thing. For, for a guy to be yeah. where he's at, Bobby talked about it the other day. Yeah. What is your impression? No, just, you know, impressed. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, coming to a different place and playing a sport you haven't really played all your life and just the communication. I mean, you know, where to put your knee pads, how to turn them. I mean, there's so many things that you just take for granted. And he's such a good young person. Um, you know, he's physically talented. And we're working with him every day to, to help him learn this game the best we can. Two more? No. All good? All right. Safe trip, guys. Y'all driving go home out, tonight? Go out Tomorrow? All right, so that was head coach Brian Dable speaking with the media following his team's 23-21 win over the New England Patriots. He 
Didn't go into great detail about the injuries. He said he's going to wait to find out more information on the train ride home. And the players that didn't participate weren't even with the team. They wanted to leave them back in rehab. And it's understandable at this point, as opposed to having them stand around on the sidelines and not really getting much work in in the medium time while they're yeah. actually gearing up for practice next week or the upcoming games. Yeah, I mean, there's really no no meetings going on that, sure. you know, the days before other than just, you know, brief ones. But it's better for the players to be back, like you heard Brian say, that Coach Dable that either were there yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So that's three days of good rehab. And if you're if you're hurt or if you're you know coming back from an injury, those are just those are very they're probably they're down there three days three times a day the treatment stuff. So that's uh, that's good work. So you got three six you got nine, nine treatment sessions. So it makes sense for them to stay back. So some injuries to the offensive line and the secondary. We'll step aside when we come back. We'll get into some of the position battles that will continue to play out throughout the course of training camp and the preseason and look ahead to the next contest as the Giants will return home for the Cincinnati Bengals. We will be back right after this. This is Darius Slayton, and you're listening to the radio home of Big Blue, the fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM New York. Giants are the first and goal to seven. Taylor under center, takes the snap, drops back, throws a slant, over the middle, caught for a touchdown, Richie James, right in the middle of the end zone, off to our left, and he gives the Giants the lead. That was tonight's Play of the Game. It is brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit buyfordnow.com, Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants, and it was a seven-yard touchdown pass from Tyrod Taylor to Richie James. It Captain 11 play 86 yard drive that took 450 off the clock in the second quarter as the Giants took a 10 7 lead. And we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you. And Richie James, certainly one of the highlighted players worth noting from this contest. Wide receiver, a lot of depth at that spot as we look ahead to the finalizing of the 53 man roster. And James in particular is interesting, Jeff, because as you well know from playing special teams, if you're going to be the sixth wide receiver, let's say they keep seven, those two guys in particular, if you're going to make the 53-man roster, you know you have to play special teams. Now with Richie James, he's documented that during his Niners playing days. He was a return man, but the one thing that we haven't seen enough coming into this year was could he be a reliable, valuable wide receiver? And I think he certainly demonstrated that tonight. You and I talked about this, um, those points that you just made, because I, I really, we know he's a returner. He's, he can do that well. Uh, we know he's a special teams guy. He's covered kicks. He's done things like that. But really, he, the, he's a wide receiver. So this is the time you have to identify your wide receivers and your depth. And there's, you can't take keep 10 of them. Um I mean, the most you can maybe keep is seven. I, I got to think that the Giants in this type of offense, you got to have at least six, right? Because you're going to line up four, four wide sometimes. Sure. So you got two or three that are going to be your backup guys, and um, and they have to play the special team. So this is interesting. Colin Johnson is doing nothing but great things to make this football team. He's a big target, by the way. Uh, a good red zone threat. Him and Galladay are both over six foot three. Those are good targets for you. By the way, you've also got a couple tight ends that are, have some nice height to them too. And then you got your little shrimpos that can you can throw a little <laughs> dink and dunks. And and Richie James is one of those guys. So along with Kadarius Tony and Wondell Robinson. So it'll be very interesting to see how that wide receiver room shapes up. And again, 
like you said, Lance, we'll talk more about it going forward into the regular season about how you can play special teams and how that's going to help you make the team as a wide receiver. Robert Foster is another name. We mm-hmm. saw a little bit We've of him about today. Him. He was a gunner for the Buffalo Bills. He has history and a relationship with the GM as well as the head coach. So maybe he carves out a role. I think the six to seven wide receiver conversation, you get to that point depending on a few things, Jeff. Number one, Sterling Shepard's on pup right now. Mm-hmm. If he stays on pup and we're just going down the hypothetical road, that opens the door for, for another roster spot yep. right there. Yep. And by the way, you don't have to keep eight. That gives you a roster spot. Correct. So you stay at the number. Then the other factor I think that plays a role is maybe they're not enamored by all the tight ends. And they say, we'll keep one less tight end mm-hmm. because, to your point, if you're going to play more wide receiver sets, maybe it makes more sense to keep yeah. an additional wide receiver as opposed to a tight end. Remember, Ricky Seals-Jones is hurt right now. Mm-hmm. He's one of the veteran tight ends they brought in. You keep Daniel Bellinger. You keep another tight end. Maybe you keep Jeremiah Hall, the fullback, for example, and yeah. you mix hey, and match there. We we did a show on our Big Blue Kickoff Live. We were talking about an NFL.com article the other day that had the Giants as their their opening day uh, formation was four wides and no tight end. There you go. So that, I mean, not to say that that's going to happen, but if then that, in that theory, uh, then you've got to have at least seven receivers. I mean, you have to. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But again, the other thing that is a factor there is, is injuries and depth at other positions. So if you run in, and that's how things shorten up a lot of times, you say, okay, uh, my perfect scenario would be six receivers. Well, all of a sudden now I've got to carry, i got to go out and get an extra guy here or get an extra guy there, then that thing goes down and then you're you're kind of messed up with the numbers game. And we always play the numbers game at the end of training camp and we always try to figure out, are you going to get 25 on offense and 25 on defense <laughs> in the three special teams? That's the perfect world, right? So sometimes it doesn't happen that way because of injuries and things like that. It never balances out normally. And we're talking about offensive line injuries, cornerbacks. That's going to impact you. You may have to keep a few extra offensive well, linemen. You may have to keep an extra defensive back. We uh, we were listening to the broadcast on our radio station, and I think that um, they were actually showing on the broadcast on TV that Joe Shane was in the box talking to Carl Banks and Bob Pop. And I think some of the things he was saying to them was the fact that their personnel department is going to be busy this week because they're looking. They're always scouting the other team's rosters. Um, but And at this point in time, it is still a little bit early in training camp, but it's not the earliest and it's not the latest. But there are some other guys that they got to look out for and and see, you know, check the waiver wire and check some guys that are on the street. By the way, this is why the team brings guys in every single week and starts to work them out because they got to have their short list. And certainly every team does. And, of course, the Giants do now. And they're going to have to go out and try to see what happens as far as how serious these other injuries are. Because you never know when the injuries are going to hit. That's more of a reason why you need to stay active and Mm -hmm. stay on top of players and agents and build those relationships. The other thing that obviously influences the breakdown of the roster is we're not just saying, well, you keep extra offensive linemen and you keep extra defensive backs because of the injuries. You just may not feel great about the depth, and therefore volume makes you feel better about that. So you weren't planning on keeping maybe five additional offensive linemen, but out of necessity you have to because maybe one of the guys you really like he doesn't have the versatility to play guard and tackle or center and guard, and yep. therefore you have to justify an additional roster spot for that. Well, one thing you hear out of these coaches' mouths a lot is that is that position flexibility at the offensive line position, and Bredesen is another guy that, he, that Coach Dable 
had mentioned about he's you know he's flexible on playing center and guard for you. He can do those times. Izudu is another guy that can skip around and play what you need to. Uh, most of the centers and guards are in, interchangeable. A lot of the centers and guards they don't go out to tackle. So, but the tackles can come inside and play guard. So you got to have guys that can go in there and play different positions because you can only have so many. Giants football presented by Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the NFL. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you here as we are recapping the Giants' 23-21 victory over the Patriots in Foxborough. We will step aside. Coming up, we'll get some player reaction. We will also continue to break down this roster, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, and as they look to see who will carve out a role in the secondary, and what about the linebacking core and some of the young players in that spot? We'll explore that and more as we move along. We'll be back right after this. Give it to Williams, up the gut, diving for the goal line, touchdown, Antonio Williams. He puts the Giants on top, and he deserved that carry. He led them all the way down the field. That is tonight's scoring drive of the game. It's brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans. Antonio Williams, that two-yard run capped a nine-play, 51-yard drive that ate up just over four minutes of action in the third quarter, and it gave the Giants a 17-14 lead as we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Alongside Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Good to have you aboard as we are recapping the Giants' 23-21 victory over the Patriots in preseason game number one at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. We were talking about depth at the wide receiver position, the offensive line. Before we transition to defense, speaking of Antonio Williams, well, running back is another position that the Giants are going to have to determine what they want to do behind Saquon Barkley. Matt Breida, who is another former Buffalo Bill, there's going to be a lot of those references when yeah. it comes well. to this roster. He didn't play today, so Antonio Williams got some opportunities. We saw Gary Brightwell. We saw Jay Sean Corbin. I think all of these guys who came in, Jeff, I think ran with some decisiveness. Yeah, Absolutely. They, they all yeah. played. Uh, Plattsgummer played, and and and. You know, it's it's great to see him because if for everybody who doesn't know, this is the international player that was here last year. Um, you have another one at the the offensive line position. I'm not gonna. His first name is Roy. You can t- say his last name. <laughs> Embedica. There really, you go. That one's not too Embedica, challenging. Embedica. Yes. Embedica. Right. So and 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 I, I laugh when when Coach Dable said, you know, there's you got to teach these guys how to put their knee pads in. He, it, that's for real because they you know they don't know these guys. It's it's funny. So anyways, back to the running back position. You know they all. I actually tonight. would much rather you break down Roy and Benica. <laughs> I'm all ears, Jeff. Well, so please I, don't change this talk. You got to congratulate yes. a guy like that to come into an NFL football game who has no experience playing football. I mean that's ridiculous when you talk about it. So, um, but the running back position is one of those things again that we always talk about special teams because those guys there. Uh, they make their their hay in special teams. I mean, Gary Brightwell was a is a special team stud. He played came out of college because of that, and that's that's why the Giants drafted him. But you know, you look at these other guys, though. Tina, what they had the game today, they had these guys. You no, know, Matt Breida. I I don't know if he's going to play a lot of special teams. So guys like Gary Brightwell and and Corbin and Williams and these guys, those are the ones you're going to look at. And again, how many of them? Are, are going to stay on the team because of the depth numbers, you know, at other positions. How many running backs is the Giants going to carry this year? Three, four? It'll, it'll be interesting. Well, the other thing that I think will influence how many they keep and who they keep, if we just 
It's the tight end position. Well, the tight end, but I was going to get more to how the running backs are utilized, Jeff, in the system in terms of the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, Barkley had a couple of opportunities out in open space, and if you just look at what Buffalo and Kansas City did, where Mm -hmm. Dable and Kafka came from, they didn't really utilize the conventional running backs the way that you expect them to utilize them, where you give them maybe 15, 20 carries a game. Some of those guys, they did damage more so as receivers than they did actually as running backs. Well, Jashwan, is that yeah, Jashwan Corbin, okay, comes in there, six targets, five receptions. Brightwell, three yep. targets, two receptions. So there's seven, there's seven receptions right there from those guys. So I, you kind of know. Um, and by the way, uh, we didn't see a lot of it of Wandell Robinson tonight. We didn't see a lot of, of well, we didn't saw none of, of Tony. Yeah, Tony didn't play. But, but yeah. these guys are actually, these guys can play a little bit of running back too and sure. catch the football out of the backfield. I think that's kind of what you're going to see going into the regular season. So the answer to your question is, is that, and it's a good one, is how are these guys going to be utilizing both the running and the passing game? There are going to, all of them are going to catch footballs out of the backfield. You just watch it in practice. You see the type of offense that this that they run, and that's how it's going to work. Well, and you just entered another realm with respect to the roster game. Wondell Robinson, if you go into the season saying we're going to give him X amount of carries, maybe you don't have to keep an additional running back because Robinson will be that pseudo type of player. Well, he, he ran the football in college. Yeah, so at he's, Nebraska. he's used to doing that. And that's kind of, again, you everyone must realize, and the more you can do, the better off you are, right? So this is kind of where it all comes into position flexibility. I, I'm going to beat that word to a death, but th- it makes a big difference. The guy, the more things you can do, the better off and an advantage it is for us to keep you. Well, and the other reason why I think this is worth discussing, Jeff, is my takeaway from that first series, and once again, the Giants were going to come in and display everything. They're going to keep Very things vanilla. close to the vest. Exactly, yeah. because they don't want to give Tennessee an opportunity to really delve into what and they're thinking and what they're going to Anybody, for that matter, sure. because this, yeah. this is a new staff, it's a new offense, it's new everything, so we're going to keep it new for you. 100%. But you're also saying to the opponents, at least in the early stages of the season, watch as much Kansas City and Buffalo film as you want till you're blue in the face. Yeah. Until you try to figure us out once we establish ourselves on film. My point is, though, a lot of those plays, if you just see the design and what they ultimately accomplished, they weren't bombs down the field, Jeff. Some of it was short passes, get guys in movement, and then rely on yak, yardage after the catch. And to me, that was, once again, textbook Buffalo-Kansas City offense. These guys are fast. These guys are shifty. Get them out in open space. Don't necessarily need the quarterback to do all the heavy lifting. Let them do the damage. I think we got a little bit of a taste of that on that opening drive today. Also gives your quarterback a lot of confidence when you're able to uh, talk about throwing the football and just little dump-off passes, okay? It's a lot easier to, to throw a little three-yard out and the guy makes 10 yards for a 13-yard gain for a first down rather than throw a 13-yard out, okay, against a rushing defense. So it's it's it makes it a lot easier on the quarterback. It also makes it a lot easier on your offensive coordinator having, having uh, confidence that you can do those. The other component of this that's going to set up a lot of those little tiny dump-off passes is... The Giants ran for 177 yards today. If they can keep the running game going, that sets up a lot of play-action passes for a little bit of deeper passes because the defense has to honor that short and underneath and play action, and then you might be able to pop a couple big ones. 
And you saw Daniel Jones took a shot down the field, right sideline to yep. Kenny Galladay on yep. that opening a drive. Overthrown. A little overthrown, correct. But they did try to open things up they at did. some point. And, I, and, and, and last year, remember, we talked a lot about the separation of the wide receivers. There was none last year, okay? And Kenny Galladay is a big guy. And he's not gonna he's not gonna get a lot of separation. So if you're Daniel Jones on that play, you gotta give him a little bit. And I'm not gonna get on Daniel Jones for overthrowing him. It's early, it's everything. But you know, that play, a perfect world, a little more air in the ball gives a little bit more time for a guy like Kenny Galladay to get out in front of the defender and then make that play. It was just a little bit overthrown because it was just on a little bit too much of a line. He's the type of player he's going to beat guys because of his size, his frame, not necessarily Once because of his speed. Once he gets going down the field, and then he's going to, yeah, then he can make up. And then, by the way, if, if and a lot of teams, well, we saw the, the Patriots do it tonight on a really good completion is they throw that back shoulder or, or whatever you want to call it. It looks yep. like an underthrown pass, but it's a designed play. Um, and depending on which staff you're playing for, a lot of teams don't do it, but a lot of teams do do it. I think that this is one team that will, will, will they'll show you, the Giants will show you that that could be a good play for them. And part of that is designed to also allow the receiver an opportunity to come back to the football if he could get a move on the secondary You can't player. defend it because if sure. you're the defender, you're taught not to look back at the ball because that's that's where you get in trouble. So they, they're taught that way, and then if the offense is taught – Throw it behind him because the defender is not going to look behind you. It's going to be a completion every time. And that's why it's interesting to see some of these preseason games just to get a taste of what some of these receivers do effectively, where the communication is at this point with Daniel Jones and company. Because once again, this is not an excuse, Jeff, but the bottom line is here we go again. It's another year and another new offense for Daniel Jones. Yeah. And Brian Dable even has acknowledged that throughout the course of the offseason. It's not... Once again, what you're hoping to put a young quarterback through, it's just the reality of the constant turnover, the constant change. But the bottom line is Daniel knows from an individual standpoint, the clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. This is a critical season, final year of his deal. They did not pick up the fifth-year option. So every game, every throw by default is going to be put under the microscope as a result. Sure. I think one thing that Daniel Jones must really like is is how this – offense is, has been developed and and he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot other than just be be his completion percentage is going to go up because he's going to be asked to throw a lot of short completions and so and and by the way who would you rather have making plays for you than the guys that we have we have you know we've talked about Wendell Robinson Kadarius Tony these are guys that these are human joysticks they're they're going to make plays with a three-yard catch we're going to watch it all season and of course, you got Saquon Barkley who can do that. I, I really believe that this team is going to be very balanced, but I almost I also believe that this team is going to run the football more than people think because of Saquon Barkley and how healthy he is, and an improvement in that offensive line if they can stay healthy. And the one area where they really need to run the football, and we got a brief taste of that today yeah, down in, the red zone. in the red zone. You took the words right out of my mouth, Jeff. Yep. And Seems like you've watched a lot of Giants football. Well, I, over I, the last I've few watched years, a yeah. lot of. Well, you and I have been doing this for ten years. We've talked about this today, and we've seen in that ten-year span not great production in that red zone. And I think that that comes from a couple things. It comes from personnel. I think it comes from coaching. I also think it just comes from you know accuracy and and being able to do things down there, play calling. So hopefully you bring some of this offense down into that red red zone. You got the short red zone and the outside red zone. Those are things you got to be able to put. Because listen, this team to compete on any level in the NFL right now, you've got to score more than you have in the last couple of years. 
especially <laughs> when you're hovering around 15 to 17 points a game over the last two seasons. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not going to win you and many we, football and, uh, games. We've talked about this before. Yeah, a lot of people think that maybe can we just get one more touchdown in there? Well, that's a lot. Scoring one touchdown more seven a game, point jump. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big jump for a lot of teams. So we'll see what happens. You get three to four. That's, that's a, a big pretty big too. stride, yeah, yeah. But that's more realistic sure. than an entire touchdown. I, I think you got to get in to, to be respectable in this league. You got to be in the low. You got to be in the twenties, right? I mean, this you have to be up there. That's a that's a, you got to be. Ideally, you want to be more near twenty five to but, feel but good. For this team to go from seventeen to twenty one, twenty two is a big jump. But I think you know to be respected and be able to to win some games, you're going to have to do it especially since you don't want to put additional pressure on your defense, which is young and unproven and also learning a new scheme. Right. Giants football brought to you by your local Ford stores. For great deals on the full lineup, visit buyfordnow.com. Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. We will step aside as we move forward. We'll get some player reaction, and we'll break down the defensive side of the ball as Wink Martindale is trying to fit all these pieces in the puzzle as he looks to implement his very aggressive scheme. It's Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. This is Daniel Jones, and you're listening to the radio home of Big Blue, the fan, WFAN, New York. Casey Kreider snaps it. Dylan puts it down. Godot's field goal is up, and it is good! At the horn... And the Giants win the first preseason game for Brian Dable. A 23-21 final for the Giants. Welcome back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Alongside Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. That being the game-winning field goal for Big Blue. As the Giants walked off with a two-point victory over New England to claim the W in their first preseason game of 2022. Moving along here as we are breaking down some individual performances from this game as well as what to expect in terms of the roster breakdown. For every first down recorded by the Giants offense this season, Stop and Shop will donate $100 to regional food banks in the New York metro area. The Giants' first down total for tonight's game, 26. That makes 26 total first downs this preseason, raising a total of $2,600. Stop and Shop is the official supermarket of the New York Giants. So Graham Gano chipping in on special teams. We were focusing on the offensive side of the ball. Jeff, let's turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball. And we got our first taste of this young secondary with various movable components. To me, the position to watch outside of the secondary is the linebacking group. You got a lot of young players. You have some who you drafted Last year, you've got the Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden's who were brought in in this year's draft class. And Wink Martindale, when he spoke to the media earlier this week, he was asked specifically about the inside linebacker position and said that group is wide open as far as he's concerned. Blake Martinez, remember, also coming back from the torn ACL. So you really have the veterans, the young guys, but not necessarily the proven player that has absolutely cemented their role within this group. Yeah, I mean, you look at Blake Martinez. He's coming back from an injury, so they're going to kind of just kind of move him along as, the, you know, he's practicing and this and that. And, of course, you know, I don't know how many preseason na- games he needs to play in. The guy can makes a billion tackles a year. You want to keep him healthy. So who's going to play next to 
Blake Martinez. And, you know, the starter is Tay Crowder. He's your guy that's the experienced guy who's been in there before. Um, and then you've got Micah McFadden and Cam Brown. But the real guy that is intriguing to me, I told you before the game started, the guy that I really wanted to watch play, and he played well today, is that Darian Beavers. So he is a guy to me that is very versatile. At Cincinnati, he played a lot of different positions. He played, played, put his hand in the dirt. He's played middle linebacker. He played outside linebacker. A lot of areas that you can use if you're Wink Martindale to get Darian Beavers in your system. Now, he went out there today as a true rookie. I thought he played well, again, against a, uh, excuse me, a Patriots team that didn't have a lot of starters in the game. So um, it's going to be, and by the way, Ellerson Smith is another guy that we just have not really mentioned a lot about. Remember, he was hurt last year. He's another guy in the mix. Quincy Roche, okay? Zimenez, these, all these guys are going to have a chance to show what they can do, but you can't keep all those guys. You know, you really can't. And that's, you know, I mean, when we get down to breaking down numbers, I, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting how many of the linebackers they're going to they're gonna have to be able to keep. Because remember this, if you're a linebacker in Wink Martindale's system, you've got to be able to run and you've got to be able to play in, in, inside and outside because you're going to be asked to do that in this system. You're not going to cement yourself in the middle all, time, all the time. So that, that's important. And special teams factors in big time with linebackers. Big time with linebackers because those are your blockers on the punt team. Those are your rushers on the punt return team. Those are your guys that are running down the field on kickoff, and those are the guys that are helping you on kickoff return. You know, because those are some big guys, but they're fast and they can help you on special teams. So yeah, that's a big one. And here's the other thing: Does Wink consider some of the safeties? Having the ability, correct, to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. And then does he say, okay, we don't have to keep an additional linebacker because I can move some of these players around. I think it depends on, once again, what his vision is. But, for example, uh, Darren Evans, who was very active today, another former LSU player. Andrew Adams, who had a first stint with the Giants. He's back on the roster. There's some versatility there. Yusuf Calker, who's an undrafted rookie out of Kentucky. You know, all of these players we've seen active in camp, practices, and so forth. Do they envision them in other roles? Dane Belton is another guy referencing. Unfortunately, well, that's what I was he's got talk about. the yeah. broken clavicle. He's a guy that can play in the box, the box safety, if you want to call him that. Uh, a guy that can play, you know, inside and outside. So that's why they drafted him, okay? Because they, they saw a need there where the guy can, hey, this guy can help us. Um, a fourth rounder, that's... A fourth rounder in the National Football League is expected to at some point in his career start. And so, you know, it may not be the first year, but he'll, he'll be able to do some things for you and substitution packages and things like that. But more importantly, a big special teams player, if you're a fourth rounder and, 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 you're, just, and you're a rookie, that's where you're going to land and you're going to play. And Belton, by the way, you were talking about Darian Beavers, who went to UConn before he came to Cincinnati. Belton was also that hybrid type of player. That was 100%. the role he had at Iowa. Yeah. They actually called him the hybrid role that he assumed. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go and look right at it, it looked, you know, and I, we always compare Buffalo and we compare the Ravens because of the, co- you know, the coaches. And But you have to because those are the guys that, you know, what you run what you brung, right? If you've been very successful in a system, you're going to bring that with you. And you look at the safety position in Wink Martindale's system, it's, it's the quarterback of the, really of the, of the defense because he wears the green dot. They did that in, in the, at the Ravens. The box safety, the guy plays inside. He plays deep safety. He does it all. So it's very important to Wink Martindale to find the guy that you can do that. And that's why they drafted Belton. 
Giants TV presented by Bob's Discount Furniture is the official connected TV app of the New York Giants. Available for free now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, and inside the Giants mobile app. Stream game highlights, interviews, TV shows, and more exclusive video content with Giants TV. The players' press conferences are brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. A few players spoke with the media after the game, including the starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. Let's take a listen to what Daniel Jones had to say. And now we're joined here in the locker room by Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. Daniel, first time out in this offense in a game situation. How do you think it went? Uh, I thought it went all right. I thought we uh, we moved the ball well that first drive and thought it was clean in and out of the huddle, clean operation. Uh, obviously, some things we can clean up, but overall, I thought it was a good start for us and something to build off of. Well, as you try to build off it now, what's the next step for this group? What do you try to work on next couple of weeks with two preseason games to go? Uh, I think it's just continuing what we've been working on, sharpening up the details. Um, you know, obviously in a preseason game, you're going to be pretty basic with your uh, with your game plan and what you're calling. So we'll continue to evolve and, and progress through the offense as we, uh, you know, install more stuff and, and detail it out. But uh, like I said, it was a good start. How are you growing chemistry with Colin Johnson? He's kind of played with all the quarterbacks. He's been doing more at the ones. He had a big day today. How is he developing as a wide receiver and developing chemistry with you? Yeah, you know, he's like you said, he's been. Uh, you know, moving around a lot, and, and uh, you know he's a he's a good player. He brings a lot to the table with his size and uh, route running ability. So, um, yeah, he played well tonight. He's played big for us all camp. So, um, yeah, we'll keep working with him. What was it like getting plays from Mike Kafka? He was calling plays for the first time tonight. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Put us in some good situations. Um, moved the ball well, and, and uh, yeah, I thought he did a great job. Thanks, DJ. Yeah. So that is Daniel Jones with our very own John Schmelk. Saquon Barkley also got out there. He was out with the team on their first series, was able to get four carries. So he was asked about how he's feeling now that he got some preseason action under his belt. Yeah, I felt pretty good. Yeah, I felt pretty good. I think the O-line did a great job. Um, we were able to move the ball. Um, you know, I was able to get a catch on third and five. Uh, to keep the sticks moving. Great ball by DJ and great read by DJ. Uh, but, yeah, my body been feeling really good. Um, so, just like I said, keep take, taking it one day at a time and uh, improve off of this. Thanks. Seems like you're really getting downhill well. Is that, has it been a focus for you this offseason, trying to make sure you, you kind of you know get downhill and, and get up field pretty quick? Nah, to be honest, I really haven't really changed anything. Um, you know, obviously... I just feel like when he's just more comfortable with your body, you can trust yourself a little bit more. You're not even thinking, and you just get downhill. Um, you know, that's kind of how I feel like I've been playing my my whole career so far. So I'm excited to get get back to that. Just trying to make plays for the offense and help us win games. You feel like you get into a rhythm with the blocking schemes and understanding where the offensive linemen are going to be and finding a rhythm in the scheme that way. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think we've been been doing a great job, um, not only in the game but just through our practice, um, nine on seven. Uh, and team periods, I think the O-line been doing a great job. Bobby and all those guys have been doing a great job, and the running backs been getting a great feel, and that's what happens. You know, you don't, that's what you got to get to, get it at in practice. You know, you're going to get more reps in practice than you realistically you get in preseason, in a preseason game. So uh, keep feeding off each other, keep building off each other. So when the season comes, we can take off. Nice to get that first hit out of the way in the preseason. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I asked me, like, when I was walking by, like, someone asked me, was I nervous? And I was just like, nah, you know, like, Usually you are, but like last year, I felt like I was at a point where I was just, you know, not really confident in myself and my body. Like now I'm just so free and so loose. So, uh, but it's always good to get that first hit out the way. Um, it's exciting. I think, like I said, a lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, not a lot of bad, but a lot of good and bad. But you got to learn from it and just going to continue to get better. Thanks, Saquon.
So that was Giants running back Saquon Barkley reflecting on his performance in the Giants' 23-21 win over the Patriots. Barkley with four carries for 13 yards, also had a catch for eight yards. And speaking of statistics, that brings us to the player of the game brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers, ELEC 825 building our future, and we're going to go with Richie James. He may have not had the biggest stat sheet, but he made the most impactful plays over the course of this game. Three catches, 44 yards, including a touchdown, which gave the Giants an early lead, and one of the catches was off a deflection, which we call being in the right place at the right (laughs) time, and that certainly applies to the former San Francisco 49er looking to solidify a roster spot with the Giants. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll run you through the injury report. We'll get the perspective of Kayvon Thibodeau in his first professional action and an opportunity for you to weigh in at 877-337-6666, 877-337-6666. If you want to weigh in on your expectations for Big Blue this upcoming season, it's Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegels here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. This is Aziz Ojulari, and you're listening to the radio home of the Big Blue, the fan, the WFAN, and the WFAN and FM New York. Welcome back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. He's Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow with you recapping the Giants 23-21 victory over the Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts at Gillette Stadium to open the 2022 preseason. Earlier, we were referencing some of the injuries, and that's now formally take you through the injury report brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health. Keep getting better. Two injuries on the offensive line. Shane Lemieux, the team's starting left guard, going down with a toe injury after the first series. He was seen in a walking boot on the sideline for the remainder of the game. Joshua Zudu, the rookie, came in to replace him. They were hoping to maybe get Lemieux some work at center. That never came to fruition as a result of the toe injury. Brian Dable says he won't know more until he talks to the medical staff en route back to East Rutherford, New Jersey. Jamil Douglas left the game with an ankle injury. And then in the secondary, rookie corner Cordell Flott, a groin injury. So those are the three most notable ones coming out of this game. That's the pros and cons of preseason action. You play guys, they're going to get hit for the first time in a long time, especially these college kids who were going through the draft process. They have not been in competitive games for quite some time, and unfortunately the injury bug will strike them. Kayvon Thibodeau made his professional debut against the New England Patriots. We saw him get some work early on in this contest. After the game, our very own John Schmel caught up with the Giants' newest edge rusher. Here, Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon, just what was it like? First preseason game. Man, it was great. You know, it was exciting out there. Um, we got a lot to work on. It, you know, during the season, I know it's going to be a lot more exciting, but this is a good start. Now, you're a guy that loves to go back in the shop after seeing this is your first game action against a live opponent in the NFL. I know you got to watch the tape and everything, but what do you think in your plan is now for the next nine or ten days as you get ready for preseason game number two? Um, just to continue to sharpen our tools. We got to get back to work. We got a lot to work on, a lot to get right. So, just making sure we not we don't get too carried away and we continue to just focus. Focus on the little things that's going to keep helping us grow and, you know, bring us together as a team. One thing I noticed in the second half after you were done for the day, uh, the the third team had come off the field, and you went out there, Jihad Ward went out there, a couple other guys, and you're talking to the guys, and you're showing them techniques and what you think they should do to, to try to put better out there. Can you just talk about how you're, even as a rookie, trying to help the other guys on the roster and, and 
just the camaraderie of the team trying to help each other? Well, you know, I think the greatest thing about this game is you learn so much as you play it. So me just being able to help the guys on the sideline, me being on the sideline and be able to see different things, just giving guys tips and giving guys tools that, that are going to help them succeed. And, and that's just feeding off each other. You know, it is a team, team sport at the end of the day. So just being able to, you know, bounce ideas and bounce things off each other that are going to continue to help us grow. Anything catch you by surprise in the first NFL game? Um, no, I feel like it was it was pretty good. Everything went um, pretty vanilla, as you would hope for a preseason game. But, you know, I'm, I'm just excited and ready for the season. Thanks, Kayvon. So that was Kayvon Thibodeau reflecting on his professional debut, and he used the term vanilla. It was a relatively quiet performance for Kayvon. Then again, he didn't log that many snaps. But I think as you were hitting on earlier, Jeff, you're really going to see the true potential of this pass rush when he and Aziz Ojolari are on the field at the same time. And right and Leonard, now... And Leonard Williams. And Leonard Williams. Mm-hmm. Leonard didn't play. Ojolari is on the non-football injury list because of a hamstring issue. Mm-hmm. And Thibodeau's the only guy on an island here. And the reason I say that is when you go and prepare for the Giants' defense, the more of those guys that are on the field, the more of those guys you need to account for. If it's only Thibodeau, you can then draw your attention that way, and it'll be that much more challenging for him to finish and get after the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, in theory, that's what you got to look at, right? I mean, Oziz, he's, he's uh, your, your leading sack guy last year. The year before, you got, you know, Williams has had double-digit sacks. Yep. So you put those all together, and, of course, you know, the wild card in this is Thibodeau, but he, you know, look what he did in college. So he's a, he's a number one draft pick for a reason, a top 10 pick, as we know, and he's going to cause some problems. Listen, the, he, he, he didn't touch the quarterback today, though he got a false start from the tackle. So that tells you that the guy's a little bit jittery about who's out there. And so that's going to happen, um, and he'll get it. He'll get it. I like his attitude. I One thing I do like to hear from rookies is that um, the game isn't too big for them. You know, and I that was a question that, you know, what John asked him. I like that. I also like the fact that he's a worker uh, and he's going to go back to work and he listens and he helps other people. That, that's good to me. I like that. And he's coming from a prominent school. So sure. being in the spotlight handling this, I don't think necessarily is overwhelming for him. Now, I have to apologize to our listeners and you because we truly have buried the lead on this program. We have not addressed special teams. And I know you have been itching. Well, it's preseason. You know, I mean, it just gets buried. I understand, but (laughs) I know this is something that you really wanted to analyze and get to. So the floor (laughs) is yours in terms of the mix of the good, the bad, and anything in between. Well, listen, I can start with Graham Gano, and I can end with Graham Gano. The guy just, (laughs) you know, I told you he could have made that kick with his eyes closed. The guy is truly amazing. Um, One of the things that happens in preseason when you go to evaluate the players in depth positions like we're talking about on special teams, you like to do it. This wasn't a good game as far as evaluation because there was a lot of mistakes. Uh, You had a penalty on a kickoff return, which you don't want to have that, especially if you have a good return because it's the spot foul that goes back to where it was, and then they penalize you 10 yards from there. Um, And that was on the illegal wedge. Then you had also the coverage teams on punt and kickoff. And the problem is, is that you got so many different guys running down there. There's no continuity. Then we use that word back when we were talking about offensive line guys. Well, special teams, that that takes a back seat, the continuity, because it's not consistent. They're, you're trying to get as many guys as you can in there to evaluate, and sometimes this happens. So, uh, best, you know, really a coaching point. You got to go back to work. Coach McGay, he's going to go and look at that tape, and he's going to get sick, and he's going to be like, wow, what are we doing? He'll fix it. He'll get better. But uh, I like the linebackers' depth position for the special teams, and I do like some of the guys like C.J. Board and Colin Johnson. Those guys are going to be some of your special teams guys. 
Jamie Gillen, 60-yard punt, and he had a couple of boomers just unfortunately because of the coverage. Yeah. They got decent return. Well, damage. he had a great kick uh, to the left, to the right sideline, about three yards from the, uh, from the sideline. And uh, what happens there is, is your your uh, your your holdup guys, they, they didn't, you know, they lost leverage and then uh, they got a good return on it. So you can't, you got to get down there. Those gunners got to get down and make plays. They're the only guys that can run when the ball snapped. So they're, you know, if you, if you get caught up at the line of scrimmage or get pushed out of bounds, then you're the second wave of guys have got to get there and they're, and they're not there in time. And that's why you give up big plays. So the biggest thing about special teams, and I'll end with this is lane integrity. And and when you're running down on a covering kicks, you have to stay in your lane. You can't you can't go somewhere else because you're going to give up the integrity of where you're supposed to be, and that returner is going to see the void and they're going to hit it. And that's what you have to be careful of. And it's it's difficult when you're running down there. I never did it, but yeah. I, I saw it, and I saw it plenty of times on film that guys just get over they just go over anxious to go make a play, and they go out of their lanes and they leave it open, and that's how there's a big return. And you have a lot of young guys on the field, like you said, who haven't played they much together. They haven't played, and, and exactly. And, and a lot of these young guys, are they were the studs in their football, like their senior year or what have you. They didn't play a lot of special teams, so they have to learn how to play special teams again. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Well, we, the hey, adventure is starting down all over got, again. Uh, yes. However many to go now. So. Exactly. We got two more, and then we actually get to meaningful then football. Then we get to strap it up for real. Yes, for the 17-game yeah. marathon. Thank you, Lance. You got it. Always a pleasure. Pepsi Giants Extra Point brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans. Bigelow Tea, grab a mug and tea proudly. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. Hackensack Meridian Health. Keep getting better. And brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. Final score once again, Giants 23, Patriots 21 to open up the 2022 preseason. Our next broadcast will be next Sunday, August 21st, when the Giants host the Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC champs at MetLife Stadium. Kickoff is 7 p.m. Our pregame starts at 6 p.m. right here on WFAN Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. For all the latest team news, stay locked to Giants.com and the team's mobile app, where you can also listen to the Giants weekday talk show. Big Blue Kickoff Live will be on tomorrow at 2 p.m. You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. As always, a very special thanks to Connor Green for all his help steering the traffic and doing the heavy lifting on the other side of the glass. For Jeff Eagles and our entire crew, I'm Lance Meadows saying so long from our New York City studios. We will speak to you next weekend. Have a good one. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 